This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And buy Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuers Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. 
and I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on the Tuesday. If you want to get in touch with the show tonight, you can do it one of two different ways. Toll-free number, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show at any point if you want to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show here tonight. Uh, if you don't know what's going on in the show tonight, maybe you've happened upon the show Maybe you think you might like it and you want to get a heads up. Uh, hint, Fred, gross. Sign up for the newsletter. It comes out at 3 o'clock each and every afternoon on a Tuesday. Let you know exactly what's going to be happening on the show. Also give you some sponsor links. Um, potentially there could be some price savings down the road on those things as well. So all you have to do is go on over to the website thebbqcentralshow.com. Put in your email address. You can see it right there. It's at the top right of the navigation. It says enter email address. It's got a whole big thing about newsletter this, newsletter that. And put in your email address, hit enter, and bang, you are signed up. And every Tuesday at 3, like clockwork, because I diligently work on it, you will get a newsletter blast that goes out, and you'll see who's going to be on the show, what I intend to talk to them about. It's all great stuff. You can reply back to that if you want to. We can have a little back and forth whatever the case may be, but that's first and foremost. But maybe you don't know if you're going to like the show, so you're just going to test the waters as it were, right? Let me get the printer stuff going here. Here's what you have to look forward to tonight in about 12 minutes. He's a doctor. He's a barbecue. He's a doctor barbecue. Legend Ray Lambert joins us on the show tonight. A 35 past the hour finds a regular contributor to the show, Grill Girl Robin Medlins. Sorry, Robin Lindars. I haven't made that mistake like in three months. Robin Lindars, married. Grill Girl, the uh, creator, grillgirl.com, and that's a grill and then girl with three R's in the middle. G R R R L. Second hour, of course, second takes at the top and then 14 past 10. An executive producer, an Emmy Award-winning television producer, a pitmaster of Central Pork West, and a guy who had recently just gotten his... Mm, I'm going to forget the name of this. Let me find him here. It's right over here. The Kings of Barbecue... The Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait, the guy that made that documentary. John Marcus joins us on the show as well. Maybe you didn't know that... Pitmasters 4 has been picked up, or Pitmasters has been picked up for a fourth season. Now you know. So John Marcus will be joining us uh, second hour, 14 and 35 past the hour. There you go. That's what's happening on the show. All right, here we go. Survey Tuesday. Give me your answers as you see fit. Um, We talked about it a little over the last couple of weeks with those roundtables going on. So I figured I'd ask the Centralites, whether it be in podcast fashion or, of course, in the chat room here, Wow, that number's fluctuating quickly. Should competition barbecue, whatever the case may be, uh, sanction anybody, be open to any and all kinds of fuels? Gas, electric, you got it. Should it be open to any and all kinds of fuels when it comes to cookers? Question number two, your process, the best way to clean your grill. Best way to clean your grill. Cookers, you know, barbecues are different. But best way to clean your grill, question number three. Uh, We are approaching week three of the preseason of NFL football, something I hold near and dear to my heart ever since 1999. Who do you think is going to the Super Bowl this year? Weigh in. 
Those are your Survey Tuesday questions. Uh, quickly, I'm looking at the instant feedback. Shand Glenn is cool with any of the fuels. Phil White from Huntsville, Alabama is okay with it. Uh, start a new sanctioning organization. Bob, good idea. Yes on all fuels for Fred Neville. What's cleaning your grill? What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, Fred Gross, should competition barbecue be open any and all kinds of fuels? Okay, he's just recapping. Open them all to up, says uh, Chad Ward. What a great show, by the way, from 7 to 9, prior to the show, in case you didn't miss it. Or in case you missed it, go and check his out and uh, check out his podcast. <clears throat> the audio quality is one of the most horrific things ever. When you get past that, Chad is a very dynamic and a uh, very gregarious host, very ebullient in nature. I wanted to mention this real quickly. The guy that I think, although I cannot put a definite for sure, but I'll go definite maybe, who put the to-do on uh, reverse flow cookers, Ben Lang turned 60 today. Ben, happy birthday. What's up? You know, Ben has talked long and hard about sponsoring this show for a number of years, but he's good for about one email, and my man goes ghosts. (laughs) So, you know, got that one-shot email from him. Uh, he said, said he's going to be trying to be bumping into the show tonight. So everybody wish Ben a very happy birthday. 60. Golden oldie, Ben. I remember when I was 60. Also, let me talk to you just for a second. These people here at Green Mountain Grills are a microphone sponsor. Um, Jason Baker and his folks will be at the Nugget. I did mention this last week. Uh, this is one of their biggest outlets to the public every year. And just to give you a little perspective here, during that weekend, like 650, not people, 650,000 people will descend on Reno, Nevada for the event. Runs from August 29th to September 3rd, so coming up very quickly. And Green Mountain Grills will be showing off their cookers. They're going to be cooking and eating some great barbecue, hanging out. So if you've always wanted to see the cooker in action, this is definitely a place that you want to go, especially if you're local to the Reno area, you're going to be in that area. Just happens to coincide with your time there you can get more information uh, more information on this event at nuggetribcookoff.com that's nuggetribcookoff.com again especially great if you want to see these grills in action maybe you don't like myself i don't have a local uh, gmg dealer in the general cleveland area although i'm trying hard for that but maybe you're out in reno you want to see those work all right secondly i have two of i guess what i need to be at least four or five people for this conceptualization of a new segment on the show that would take place at either 9.35 or the top of 10 o'clock. I think we have kind of, we have like a working title now, um, and I believe it was uh, Basic Patrick said that he would do it, and the president of NEBS right now, whose name I'm forgetting, and I apologize, uh, it would be called Around the Pit, and we would hit, you know, four or five people, in you know, pretty much rapid-fire fashion, two minutes, a pop or less, covering whatever type of a story they want to do in the barbecue or grilling industry. I think it's got legs. We're just – look, you know, the, the bottom line is this. I understand it's easy for me to sit here and talk in front of a microphone because I've done it for five years. It's not easy to just come up and do you know a minute or two on a topic and then have me react to it uh, each and every week. And that's what the deal is. You have to be a part of it each and every week. That's what makes it work. So that's really the commitment I'm looking for in a potential correspondent for the piece. So if you're interested, just go ahead and email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and uh, we'll go ahead and get a little bit more information to you. Now, here's a note coming in. 
from John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue. Typically, I am perusing the KBS uh, KCBS website on a Sunday morning, trying to get an idea of what some of the bigger competitions took place, who's won, what have you. And I usually get to see on the top left of the KCBS website, it says, you know, notes or special notes or whatever the case may be. And I missed it, but John hooked me up. Evidently, KCBS had a special meeting and discussion of an incident and disciplinary action resulting from an inappropriate behavior at a contest in McMinnville, Tennessee. Here's a recap in case you missed it. One of the team members wore an apron to the awards that was, I guess, nude in color with fake genitalia showing. And they got a call, and he actually wore it up to get the ribbon and the check. Even had his picture taken with it, and there were children present. According to John, totally classless, which I agree. However, uh, after all of the punishment was handed down by KCBS, three-year suspension, two-year probation, which some have called to be extremely excessive. But look, I think it's one of those things where if you're going to do the proverbial crime, you're going to have to look at the time. You know, having a fake crank laying out in front of what is considered to be a family event, that being a barbecue competition, we might want to do a little less crank. You know, so if a team is going to do that, and I don't know the specifics, I'm just reading what I wrote, but if you know what you're doing and you're not telling anybody about it, you're not asking people what their potential reaction might be, there's a lot of people there that's got kids. It's a family-style event. They might be a little put off with fake crank hanging out, especially getting calls and going up and getting your checks. Maybe that's just me. I'm no prude, by the way. I like to bang like the rest of them. All right, gang. Let me talk to you for a few quick minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show. They're in Warminster, Pennsylvania. It's the Barbecue Guru. Now, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, you got to stop here. It's the only company that I would trust with all of my barbecue pits to provide the automatic pit temperature control devices that I would want. Why? Well, because I said it, they're creators of the technology. They've been around a tremendously long time. The founder of the company, Fred Perkle, was a pioneer in the industry. Nobody was on the forefront like Fred was, always thinking of creating new items that would make your barbecue and grilling life easier. He did that with the Guru product initially. He pursued that and made it bigger with Holy Smoke Meat Mats, with the Caldera Cooker, now with the Onyx Oven, and new products after that, like the CyberQ Wi-Fi unit that uses a Wi-Fi connection, monitors your temperature of your pit and up to three different meats right from your smartphone or your netbook or your tablet, whatever the case may be, as long as you have a wireless device, you can check all of that stuff without having to go outside. Maybe we're getting a little lazy. Maybe it's technology helping us be more efficient. You choose. Not here to judge. But here's what I like. The show was going up on, what, five years now, live? Man, this sponsor has been in on day one, and they were even sponsors in the podcast. So this is a company that is thinking outside the box. There was a lot of people that I approached initially that scoffed at me, that had no idea what a term podcast was, whatever. But Barbecue Bob Trudnack, guy who I've had here many times on the show, said, this is a good idea. We want to be the first ones on board, and that's why I uh, really appreciate the fact that they sponsor the show now going on almost six years live. So look, if you're looking for automatic pit temperature control, if you're looking for items to make your barbecue and grilling life easier, you visit their website, thebbqguru.com. You check out all the products. 
If you have any questions, you can call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or, again, visit the website, thebbq.com, uh, thebbqguru.com. If you have any questions, they will answer them for you. They'll ship out exactly what you need to get up and running right out of the box. Thebbqguru.com, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're coming back with Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lamp. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, uh, just shy of 14 past the hour. 877-448-0433. Or, if you want to email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Don G, stupid, 100% correct, punish it. But a two or three ban in years, who knows? Look, again, those who want to pretend like they're showing crank, you're probably going to have to just suck it up and deal with what you get on that type of part. Just me. Again, I'm not approved. You know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dr. Barbecue. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How about yourself? I'm uh, down no seat. Man, Ray, I am doing absolutely fabulous. Got to find a picture. Here we are. Here we are together. And I'm doing away with the video just for this week because we were having significant issues with Meathead last week and the audio was dropping out so i figured i would just change it up a little bit but i have some great pictures of ray lampy joining. i think we have the same picture actually up on uh, your skype picture and the one i have up here for the radio show tonight um so lots to get to meathead creating the problems though it takes a lot of a lot of uh ampage to communicate a picture of him oh absolutely ray i couldn't agree more so look uh, we're fresh off the chopped finale it happened this past sunday and you were one of the four finalists. You didn't end up winning the whole thing. Uh, certainly respectable two appearances, though. And before we get into the show, like in more detail between qualifying round and the final round, how did you get approached to be on the show? Because unlike a lot of the other stuff that I see for barbecue or grilling on TV, there wasn't any real promotion or send in the audition tapes to so-and-so. How did it all come together? Um, I don't the casting agent, the girl that was doing the casting, I had met her. Um, we have a couple of mutual friends in New York. And she just, she kind of sent me an email and kind of gave me a heads up about it. I, I don't really remember the, what happened. I, I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not really dodging. I just don't remember the exact order how things went. I, I guess I'm just on that special list, you know. Uh, uh, I have done a few things on the Food Network, and, I, and my name is Dr. Barbecue, so I'm, I guess my name came up in their early discussion. And they, I got a call from that girl, but I don't, I don't really remember. I think there was a, well, I know there was a casting process. You had to do the, the video thing and that stuff, and I actually did. I, I had to go through that, and I did a Skype interview. Um, I, I'm sorry, I don't have a great answer for that. Was it a, from what you can remember, was it like a, a lengthy process over, you know, a few months, or did it happen relatively quickly from initial contact to okay, Ray, we'd like to have you on the show? 
definitely over a few months. And, and I was not like, you know, it's not like they said, hey, you want to be on. They said, you know, will you consider it? We'll consider you. And I, I got to go through the process like everybody else. I, I sent in the paperwork. I did a Skype app. And even then they, they said uh, something to the effect of it goes to the network and the network then makes the final decision. And so I didn't skip through anything through the line. I just somehow I got on the list early. Uh, to be discussed with, but yeah, it was definitely over a couple of months. They're they're meticulous about that, and and you know when you look at the sixty people that are on the show, they did a great job. It was really an interesting, diverse group of people. Is there a point, or do you think there? And I'm not saying that you thought at this point, but you know you've been on TV a number of times. You're very well accomplished within this industry that they're looking to kind of expose out to the national public. Do you think at some point? You just might get the call saying, hey, we're, we're, Ray, we're doing this, and we just want you to be on. Does it become tedious to have to go through the whole audition thing? And regardless of if it's the Food Network or if it would be ABC or NBC or whoever the case may be, does it become tedious at all to you because of the credentials and the pedigree that you have? Um, yes and no. It, 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 for this show, no, because I thought it was a big deal, and I really wanted to be part of it. So I was happy to do whatever they wanted. Um it, it you know it's the luxury of having done so much of it and, and having been around a lot that um, I can pick and choose too you know I don't if I'm not on Pitmasters for example as much as I think that's a really cool show and I think it's great I've done a bunch of other stuff too so it doesn't like it's not my one big opportunity so I, I guess I no, I don't mind that at all I want. I only want to be on stuff that's right for me anyway, so I'm not that worried about it. If I, I don't believe I'm a good fit for everything just because it's barbecue or grilling, and I don't know that I want to do everything. So I don't mind that. I, you know, you sort of get to understand the, the business, and that's just how it goes. If nothing else, even if they really like me, I always think anyway, if they really like me and they're, they're 90% sure they're going to put me on the show, they want to have a file from me in the pile anyway and there's so many different people that are involved in casting these things that there has to be that that f- file that's got your name and your picture on it so nah it doesn't bother me at all i i, I just i guess it's because i understand that's part of the process ray lampy dr barbecue joining me here on the show drbbq.com is his website you can also follow him on the twitter's at drbbq all right so you win your qualifying event you move on to the finals it's obvious uh, that it went well enough for you to win and move on. But, you know, for the folks, and this is what I always find fascinating, is we see, you know, what, a 50-minute a, a project, or if it's a half an hour, you see a 20-minute project to finish stuff. But give the folks a sense of how difficult this style of a show is to compete in and do well in. Well, you got it. I think that the key is the split second decisions you know it's 20 minutes man to cook the appetizer you get literally a few seconds in advance and it's 20 minutes you've got to make the right decision with those four crazy ingredients and what else is available you got to make the right decision immediately and then execute it you know it's hard it if you make a bad decision right in the beginning and i did i i decided well i made good decisions in the first show but with those sardines, I made the decision to save them for the last minute, and I was going to crisp them up quick at the last second. I made that decision, and it didn't work out. It, it was a bad decision. Had I taken and thrown them in a skillet like them other guys with a little oil 
and just kind of had them sitting there warm, I'd have been fine. And, and, you know, it's a decision you make. Now, in the other rounds, I made good decisions. I mean, the idea of making sauerkraut barbecue sauce, I don't know where that came from. Um, but it ended up good, and they liked it. I mean, that could have easily went real bad on me because I'll tell you, at some point you hear me saying, a barbecue sauce smells horrible, and, man, it did, you know. Luckily, it kept cooking and quit tasting like sauerkraut, and I added enough other stuff to it. So it, it's it's really hard because you've got one chance. There's no There's no changing your mind later uh you know you once you commit to something and it's crazy stuff you're committing to you know committing to making sauerkraut barbecue sauces or the uh, like the grilled salad that i made that that took a lot of my time and that's probably really my downfall is that i put so much effort into that salad it was good and it was really would have been a nice base if those sardines cooked i think i'd have had no trouble advancing um, but it took up too much of my time. That 20 minutes is brutal, and uh, it, it's as hard as it looks, man. you gotta, you got to go there with, you know, hopefully a lot of chops and, and, and the skills to, to execute the stuff that comes, and then you got to make the right decision, and, and it's really hard. So you bring up an interesting point, and I want to dovetail into that with the next question. You know, you get this basket and you open it up. You have no idea what's going to be in there. Were there any ingredients in that qualifying show that you were just like, wow, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do here? Um, no, I, I don't think there were. I mean, some of those goofy, like, liqueurs and and stuff like that. The uh, sauerkraut was a pretty serious curveball with a giant fish. I mean, I just couldn't see those two going together at all. Um, but I, 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 and you try to run it through your head in the, you know, I probably, I guess, knew for a month ahead of time. You try to run through your head what could they give you. You watch the show all the time, or I certainly did. And, and the idea of a big whole fish being in a basket, I figured there was a good possibility of that. And sure enough, there it was. Uh, so that didn't really throw me. I mean, I'm not the best fish filleter, but I was able to get some hunks off of it. Uh, the, the yak steak, that didn't really surprise me cookies you know heck you kind of expect that uh the moon pies was a gift from heaven because mm. i was I've, I've made those kind of uh, quesadillas a lot over the years and and i was hoping that i could make those depending on what they gave me when they gave me the moon pie i was like well heck that's everything i i like to put in these things i'll just chop it up and throw it in there so i, I kind of you know you got to get lucky a little bit too the ingredients may fit your style a little bit obviously sardines weren't a great choice for me I like that goofy liquor, and we had the mesquite syrup. I mean, those are really annoying ingredients, but I sort of looked at everything as either sweet, salty, or acidic, and and kind of try to build from there. And so the mesquite syrup was obviously sweet, and you couldn't do anything about the nasty, bitter mesquite flavor of it, uh, but, you know, it was some kind of a sweet thing. The sauerkraut, I looked at it, and the first thing I thought was it's vinegar, Um and that's kind of how I tried to look at everything. Any one ingredient, well, hey, yeah, the sardines, those kicked my ass, you know. Uh, but other than that, nah, I mean, you, you can't, I think like the guy from New York, I got the feeling he was kind of, uh, didn't know what to do with those ingredients. This guy cooks beautiful ingredients in a really nice restaurant in New York. He does not take a bruised old case of pizza into his restaurant and try to make something out of it, he tells him to take it back and get me some nice peaches, you know? So he doesn't really, he's not used to cooking with uh, 
uh, sloppy Joe in the can and and uh, moon. We didn't know what a moon pie was. He you saw see him on camera tasting the thing. I think that's pretty funny. Not th- not that it's such a great ingredient, but at least I knew what it was. And, and I think it kind of hurt guys like that. I I knew going in, hell, they're going to give you some crazy stuff. You might as well. You can't be offended by it. You just got to cook it. Ray, do you think that the fact that you have done a number of cookbooks gave you any type of an advantage because look you're taking and we've talked before in the creation of your cookbooks you take six eight months you lock yourself in the trailer and you're just testing and you're testing and you're testing this is good this is bad this is good this is bad do you think doing that over these many years has maybe given you at least some type of an advantage over those competitors in a situation like this well first of all i live in a house not a trailer but uh, yes i think it totally did uh, because over the years i've learned to cook a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily my favorite thing you know in barbecue contests guys i I say this a lot and and it's true some of them only know how to cook four things and they're very good at those four things i used to refer to myself as a one-trick pony because i I knew how to cook those four things really good but over the last 10 years of writing cookbooks and i get to go to a lot of cool chef events and stuff now too so i've had to raise the bar of how I cook, and I have just by doing it and living it. So I think that's helped me a lot. I had a lot of ideas to go to. I think some of the barbecue competition guys, obviously not Ernest, that guy just tore it up, man. He was he was going to be hard to beat. I don't care who you were. Um, but I think like some of the guys that really, they didn't have a big catalog of ideas to go to like I did, uh, and Ernest clearly did. And um, and Kent, heck, that guy just cooked it. He cooked everything just you know as if it was what he had to cook for supper that night, and and, and made good food out of it. I don't know that he had needed a bunch of great ideas. He just kind of made the ingredients fit what he liked to cook. And, and Mr. Sam, you know, that guy had a million ideas. He he got burned on the truffle oil thing there, but, but that guy was a bad dude too. So, but yeah, I think uh, the cookbooks and and just the experience of all the different things I am forced to cook. Uh, give me a big advantage, yeah. Because you know, if you, man, there, it, it's just it's brutal, and you you have nightmares about it afterwards. Believe me. Right. Let me ask you a question. Do, do you have you always lived in the same place? No. I, oh, you, <laughs> no. It was a house. It was a duplex where look, with the rednecks across the street. I swear to God, I, I would never, you know, look. Some people could take that as a uh, like as a negative, and that's not what I'm. But I swear on the brisket roundtable, you said if you look behind my trailer, you'd see an fe cooker. Well, that meant probably my barbecue trailer. Oh Jesus Christ! You're absolutely right. What an idiot I am. I apologize. Ray Lampy, never to be seen on the show again. All right, great job. My hosting skills are finely honed and in top fashion. What an idiot. All right, look. I want to ruin my reputation, though. If people think I live on a trailer, I'm good with it. Well, yeah. I mean, who cares, right? So, all right. So, look. Uh, when we get to the final, uh, you, you open it up. You see the sardines. You see whatever that liquor. Then you said it was a funny name. I laughed out loud when you said it because everybody, the judges looked at you like, oh, you don't know. I, I don't know. I just have trouble with judges like that. But. Uh, you have some trouble with the sardines, and you know they're, they're editing it in such a way where you really don't know who's in trouble and who's not in trouble. And the thing that threw me when I was watching the final was the fact that they 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 made reference to the fact that the the, the sardines weren't done, but but they were raving, raving about the. I was like, wow, 
he's going to get through on the uh, through on that strength of the salad underneath the fish, which didn't end up being the case. You know, going back and looking at it differently, like how would you have done those sardines to, to maybe give yourself a better chance of, of moving on? Well, it, I, I would have I would either thrown them in a skillet or I would have put those ones that were in that wok thing on the salad. They they weren't as bad as they looked. I, I threw them in there and they all the skin started coming off of them because it was the wok, and I yep. just thought they weren't going to look very good. I didn't like that. And that's when I switched to plan B. And the only reason they were sitting there was just because I just never bothered to move them. And if you notice, I only threw a few in there. Yeah. So I, I really, I changed, I didn't, I tried that and thought, no, nah, that's not a good plan. Uh, my plan was to flip them, just grill them quick on both sides, try and crisp them at the last minute. It wouldn't have taken much cooking. Where I screwed up, though, really was that I had to make four plates and I needed to put I thought, in my mind, three pieces of three sardines on each one. That's a dozen. And I've cooked in so many different competitions in my life. I know better than to try and cook a dozen. I watched poor Nicole when that pork chop went into fire, and I thought, you would never, I would never cook just eight chops because one could, that could happen, or one could just get squirrely, or one could be in a hot spot and get burned or something. I would have never cooked just eight. So in my mind, I needed 14 or 15 sardines. And it was just too late to, you know, it was going to take a long time to to eat, flip each sardine once or twice and cook for a couple minutes. And, and I just, it was just bad judgment on my part. Um, it was, yeah, it was interesting when the, the way they were raving about the salad. And they were in person, too. And I thought I had a shot. Well, not when I was watching it because I knew better. But, you know, Ken had obviously uh, made a mistake with his sardines as well. Uh, I, I don't know. You can't really tell what they what they've eaten and and what they liked and didn't like so much because they're, we're there for a, a little bit of the, the judging. But they, they do it, you know. They don't, and not everything makes the air either. Not every comment makes the air. So you, you can't really tell. I, I, in my honest gut feeling, I think it was probably really close. Um, between Ken's because his were cooked and they were able to eat them. They had to eat around the bones. Mine, they couldn't eat some of them and most of them. So I, I can't, you know, I got no problem with it. I screwed up and um, I'm glad they liked the salad. <laughs> it would have been nice if that carried me through, but, you know, it's chopped, man. It's tough. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Dr. Barbecue, drbbq.com is the website at drbbq, his Twitter handle if you want to follow him on the Twitters. All right, so, you know, sum it up kind of briefly in the fact that. Y- you get through the qualifying round, you make it to the finals, maybe a little bit of an early entrance, at least as far as you were hoping. But, you know, you're on the television, you're on a very exposed, very popular network. You're doing a, a grilling thing, uh, not necessarily barbecue in my estimation, but, you know, grilling thing because of time constraints. You know, can you build on it from here? What do you what do you hope to, to get out of it? Is it just getting the, the brand of Dr. Barbecue out? Yeah, it's been a huge exposure. It's been the, probably the single biggest impact of any one thing I've done in my career. And I, you know, I, I get to do a lot of cool stuff. And I always try to tell guys, um, Todd called me one day, Plowboys, and he, they were going to put ways rub in some magazine. And, and I told him, I said, that's really good. But 
that one thing is not, I wouldn't stock up my warehouse over one magazine article. But when you get five of those and five of TV appearances and a cumulative, it, it puts you in a position to get more out of it. And so I think, you know, being what I've done and, and all the other stuff that I had out there allowed it to really have an impact. But this is a big deal, man. Prime time on the Food Network is a huge deal. And yeah, I've got a whole bunch of new friends on Facebook and Twitter and some amazing calls and stuff. And frankly, I was recognized today in a liquor store by the guy who was watching it. Uh, so it, yeah, it's been the one biggest impact thing I've done. Well, it had to be because uh, it's the first time that I've actually had to go through some PR hack who gave me a big friggin' hard time about getting Ray Lampy on who I've had 50 times on this show. So obviously, it had to have been a big deal. That's not a Ray Lampy publicist. That is a Food Network publicist. No, of course it is. Lady. Well, That's the rule. There you go. So uh, obviously a big deal. So there you go. Uh, well received, Ray. Before I let you go, what's the deal with this rib app that you're talking about? Yeah, that's my new thing. I, I was at a blogger conference, and I met these guys that did their own app, the Grilling Companion, a barbecue app. And I said, well, that would be cool. I'd like to have one of those, but I don't want to pay anybody. And they said, well, we'd like to have one with your name on it, so maybe we should just be partners and do one. And we did. And, and it's the only rib app out there. If you go to the app store and just search ribs, R-I-B-S, you'll find it. Um, it's five great rib recipes uh, with rubs and sauces and for 99 cents. And I think it was just a, it was a fun thing to do, but it's been really well received. I think people, their original recipes, people have liked them, and, and the app guys did a great job with it. And hopefully we're going to, you know, keep pushing it a little bit, get it out there. I, there are no other rib apps out there, and, I'm you know, it's kind of a groundbreaking thing. There you go. So uh, look for ribs in your uh, particular platforms that you got. Uh, this is Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy Again, the website, drbbq.com and at drbbq on Twitter. Ray, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. Good talking to you. You got it. Take care. There he is, Ray Lampy. Made it to the finals of Chopped, the grilled edition, which finaled uh, this past Sunday. I was going to say Wednesday. Uh, coming up, Robin Lindars, who also took part in that show, didn't make it to the finals. That's all right. I know her. It's our on television. It's always fun to say I know somebody on television. We're going to get a recap here just a second. Look, many of you know I have gotten a, a pellet cooker, and here's the deal. You want to make sure that you have fuel that you can count on that isn't being hyped up as something better than it is. There's a lot of pellet companies out there right now. If you Google cooking pellets, cooking wood pellets, wood cooking pellets, whatever the case may be, you're going to find a number of different companies out there that say they have 100% flavor wood for your particular pellet-driven cooker. Look, I've talked with experts in the industry long and hard uncovering issues at each and every turn. And here's the bottom line. You know, it sounds great if you're getting 100% flavor wood with some of these particular species. But look, some of them don't burn with the same BTU that you're going to be needing to give you a consistent heat and smoke wood flavor profile. And that's why Barbecuers Delight took the time and effort to do a little research, and they realized that if you blend these, now you're getting the best of both worlds. So, for instance, me, love apple. Apple all the time, apple every day, put it in the grill cooker, and I'm apple all day long, twice on Sunday, and I love it. Just me. 
you might be a little bit different. You might like cherry, you might like maple, you might like sassafras, because I have that flavor, too, if you like sassafras. Or uh, savory herb for meatloaf on the cooker. Look, it's two-thirds oak, one-third flavor when you put it in that pellet cooker. It's different. They sell those one-pound bags. That's all flavor wood because you're going to be dumping in a cast iron pot or aluminum bag. You're going to put it on your grill. You want that flavor. It's going to burn no problem. But when you have the pellet fire grilled, that's a little bit different monster. They have taken the time and the effort to put in the expertise to let you know that it's a blend. It's two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood. Gives you that consistent heat that you need. Gives you that flavor that you're really looking for to enhance the beef or the chicken or the pork, whatever you're making there on your cook. BBQRSDelight.com. That's BBQRSDelight.com. It's a completely sterile wood product because it's made with heat and pressure. You have to worry about any contaminants, and you can mix and match flavor profiles. doesn't get any better than that. BBQRSDelight.com. That's BBQRSDelight.com. Candy Weaver and the good folks over at Barbecuers Delight, now a longtime sponsor of the show as well. We're coming back. With the Grill Girl coming up after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B. All right. Uh, just coming up on 38 pass. Let's go. This guy that's singing right now, I had him on the show like months ago, Moonshine Bandits. Those sons of bitches came to Cleveland, didn't even get a heads up, missed the show. Who does? I want to see these guys live. Luckily, they're coming back through C-Town September 30th, so I will be there and not square. Thank you very much. All right. Um, My next guest tonight, regular guest on the show. She is the creator and keeper of the very popular Grill Girl blog. She joins me to give us her take on the Chopped Grill Masters show as she was also a competitor in episode number three. So let's go ahead and race over to Hotline. And welcome back to the show, Robin Lindar. Robin, how are you? Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. What is up? Can you hear me okay? I've got my earbuds on. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. You can? Okay. I just oh. want to make sure I'm good. always worried it might not work. No. I can hear you. We're all good. All right. So okay, great. what's happening in South Florida right now? Well, uh, I might be giving you a visit because we may be getting <laughs> hit by a hurricane this weekend. So can I come stay with you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bring it on. I got cookers aplenty. I got two Weber Smoky Mountains on one side of the house. I got a Gorilla Cooker, I got the Weber Gas Grill, I got the Weber Kettle, I got the Bubba Keg. You'll be right at home. We'll just have our own little chopped party. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and, and then you can stay Tuesday, you can guest host the show. It'll be absolutely fabulous. That sounds awesome. All right, it's a date. All right, book it. <laughs> All right, so uh, the grilling and uh, the barbecue shows continue to roll out over the airways, Robin. And it seems like we're like right at the height of popularity right now, and we're fresh off the heels of the Chopped Grill Masters version of the show. Is somebody falling down in the background? What's going on over there? I don't, I don't know. I, that's, sorry. <laughs> that's like somebody is just like tripping down the stairs. So as someone who is in the subculture of barbecue and grilling, as you are, Rob, you know, how do you view the industry as a whole right now? You know, are we at the height? Are we still peaking? 
or have we hit the apex and maybe starting to... All right, what the hell is going on? My my printer just decided to turn off. Sorry. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sorry. worried. I'm afraid, like, somebody's attacking you. Um, so, like, have we hit the apex? Are we starting to trend down now? Uh, you know, what do you think as somebody that, you know, you, you blog and, and you write about this industry? Where do you think we're at right now? I think grilling and barbecue are just going to get hotter and hotter. No pun intended. <laughs> so you don't think we're at a point where we, we've been overexposed to this type of industry and it's going to start to wear off? No, I think that the more reality people see about barbecue, the more they love it because there are so many different angles you can do. And I think they're only just kind of getting to the tip of all the other different things they can do. I mean, yeah, you've done barbecue pitmasters. They did, uh, what is it, best, best in smoke? Um, but then this was chopped grilling edition. It's not even the same as barbecue kit, pit masters. I mean, you've got totally different um, time frames. It's just a different concept. I think people, it's just exposing more people to outdoor cooking, and it's only going to get more popular. All right, Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. You can find her website, grillgirl.com, and girl is G-R-R-R-L.com if you want to check it out. Uh, she does a nice write-up of her time there on the Chopped Show. Um you were on episode three, which I tried to watch today, and they somehow replaced it with, like, the great food truck race that was on, like, ABC. So I'm not sure exactly what the hell happened there, because all the other ones were there. But for the folks who don't watch Chopped in general, not just necessarily, like, the grilling show, what are the general guidelines of this particular show? So um, evidently Chopped is the most popular show on the Food Network, which I didn't know until they told me that. But um, the the guideline is this. Um, You're going to start it with four people and you have three rounds and each round is an elimination round. So you you do your appetizer and then you do your entree and then you do dessert and you get a basket of ingredients for each one. And uh, the appetizer is 20 minutes. The entree is 30 and dessert is 20 if I'm. If I'm not wrong, because I didn't make it to dessert, unfortunately. So. All right. So you were up against who in your particular show? So I had Doug Keyless, who's from New Jersey. Yep. Um, we had Timothy Grandinetti, who's from, uh, he lives in Winston-Salem now. And then we had Ernest Cervantes, who's kind of famous now. Yeah. So he won the whole thing or eventually went on to win the whole thing this past Sunday. Uh, what did you have for appetizer when you open it up? You know, you poop yourself a little bit. Are you kind of excited? I mean, what what do you think? Uh, you know, I think everyone who gets their basket just has that holy shit experience. And then you're like, what am I going to do with these ingredients? And then your mind starts racing just as the clock starts racing. And um, I opened up mine and it was oysters, uh, frozen cream spinach, oh. duck bacon and heart of palm. All stuff that you probably work with every day, right? <laughs> you know what's funny is I have grilled oysters before and they turned out wonderfully, but um, not in this situation. All right, so what happened to you specifically? So, um, so we get started, and you know, to tell you the truth, it was kind of nerve wracking just because when we actually started, I wasn't expecting to start because they kept making us kind of re rehearse different scenes to get the right um, footage for television. So we walked back and forth onto the stage like five different times and then they would say like all right now pretend like you're opening your basket but don't really open your basket and then we did that like five times and then um so when we actually 
were told to go, I was like surprised because I thought they were like just kidding, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, when I look at my my ingredients, I automatically thought oysters Rockefeller, which I think is what we all thought. But I thought I'm going to grill these guys because I've done it before. And I know usually what will happen is that um, oysters, when you put them on the grill, they'll pop open when they're ready. Um, so I thought, you know, with spinach, it would be a no-brainer to do the Rockefellers. But um, unfortunately, my oysters were definitely um, – they're not the kind of oysters we get down here in Florida, that's for sure. And they they didn't open up like I was expecting them to. And then I was like, holy shit, the next thing I know, I have like two minutes. And I'm like, I've just got to pull these oysters off. And, uh, and then I, I felt like I plated my plate pretty sloppily. So um, I was just rushing. And um, – it was stressful. <laughs> All right. So d- do you make it through appetizers or not? No, I got chopped to the oh, appetizer. Right off the bat. All right. So you don't get to go on to main dish. You don't get to go on to dessert. And obviously, look, I mean, you don't want to be – it's like be- being the last guy picked on a basketball pickup game, You know, being the first one voted off on an elimination show. There always seems to be like a stigma attached to that, which I don't necessarily understand myself. I mean, you were picked out of thousands of people to actually be on the show. So while it's lame and cliche to say you're won by being on there or you win by being on there, I mean, I think in a sense, uh, people are getting to see you, uh, what your brand is, and what you're all about. So being the first one shot probably isn't like the worst thing in the world, but it probably didn't feel very good. No, it felt kind of crappy, um, mainly because I was the only girl on the show on that episode, so I kind of felt like I had to represent, obviously. But, um, you know, I think the dish itself had the oysters open, and they were a different type. actually would have been okay. It was it was pretty close between me and Doug because he barely got enough um, oysters for serving all the judges, so we were both kind of close. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I tried to serve mine Rockefeller style in the shell, and the shell was so brittle, it just created like what John Dawson calls it, oyster shrapnel yeah. in the dish. So, I mean, I was, even though I had some good flavor profiles going on, at the end of the day, if you serve your dish with little pieces of <laughs> broken oyster, I mean, you don't want to kill the judges, right? So it's kind of, I think, like an automatic elimination. Yeah, killing the judges <laughs> probably gets you chopped immediately and then also arrested for like manslaughter to some degree. Um, it could be. I mean, yeah. Aaron, I, I, I might have been giving him the Heimlich after, you know, they, they judged him. Who knows? It could have been ugly. So, yeah. um, but you know what, Greg? It, I actually stressed about it really hardcore because I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? I went on national television and I got chopped first. And how are they going to edit it? But then when I actually saw it on TV, I was like, oh, wow. You know, I mean, I, I'm i not that upset with myself. It is what it is. And, you know, most of those guys on the show have been cooking a lot longer than me. And a lot of them are professional chefs and restaurateurs of which i am neither i'm just a girl that's like very food curious about grilling and barbecue so just to have made it out there i was actually pretty psyched all right so let's back out of it just for a second here and you know just kind of give us this thumbnail sketch you know we see finished product on television you gave us a little insight a couple minutes ago but like what's the experience like at the shoot are you there for like three weeks is it over a weekend and you said there was all this start stop stuff I mean, doesn't that kind of play into not being able to build a rhythm to a certain degree and being able to cook the food like you would normally? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny that the whole experience is so like just out of this world. I mean, in one in one way, you're just so in awe, at least I was, of just the set itself. We were actually shooting in um, old Tucson, which is where they used to film all the old John Wayne movies and they filmed um, City Slickers there. 
So like the whole thing was such a major production that when you get out there, you're like, holy crap, because there's cameramen everywhere. And it's just like you can tell they've spent a crap load of money on the set and the whole thing, you know, flying all those people out from New York. And then also the the experience is you're out there at like 430, 530 in the morning um, and you're out in the desert and you're freezing your butt off. At least I was. Um, So and then, you know, just the whole thing of just being on like a major movie set is just. But but the thing that's that's tough outside of just the whole like oh my gosh this I'm on television um, thing is that you only get like five minutes to see where you're cooking so um, and you're just taking in so many new experiences all at once you know so when they say go you're like holy crap you know because you only have limited ingredients so you do have to fight or not fight but you know like I remember Timothy Grandinetti got the baguette that I wanted because I was thinking of making a brioche. But then I was like, well, he got the one baguette. Like, I guess I'm going to go to plan B, you know. And um, and just the whole experience is pretty out of this world. Like, I remember thinking, like, running around the set looking for salt. And I didn't realize the whole time it was at my station. Oh. But it was, like, behind something else, so I didn't see it. <laughs> so it's just... Little so it was crazy. And, but a really cool experience. I think everyone should do some kind of crazy reality show once in their life just to, like, check that box off. So if they came to you again in a year and said, Robin, we're doing chopped grilling again, something you would do without a doubt or something that you would say, I did it once, but not something I'm really looking to get after again? You know, I think the jury's still out on that for me. Do you take the It was a cool experience. It was great exposure for me. I've got a lot more followers from it. Um, But would I do it again? I don't know. I think I'd have to be kind of selective about the circumstances and, you know, the premise on what it is and and whatnot. All right. So, you know, to me, and, you know, I've told any number of people this, and I think I've ranted about it on this this show a number of times. Like, I just don't like Chopped, um, regardless of if it's grilling or if it's barbecue or if it's just the regular show. I just don't understand, and, and it doesn't resonate with me. And I'm obviously the only one because it's like the most popular show on the network, evidently, which I don't understand. But it, it seems like, and, and maybe it's you know going into it, they're just going to throw the most outrageous crap at you. And they're just trying to see, it's almost like if they put you like in a paramedic reality show and they cut people's arms and legs off and they're like, okay, stitch them up or how are you going to handle the situation? It just doesn't seem to be like real to me. I mean, they are some really wacky ingredients. Like some of the stuff they give you is like, really, you know, um, you know, what was fun about it though, is that, uh, leading up to it, my husband and I really got into like preparing for it. I actually kind of wrote a recount of it on my blog. I called it post-traumatic chop disorder. Cause I had been so stressed about like how it was going to air on TV. Cause I'm anal and competitive and I want, you know, you just want to make sure that a national network doesn't make you look like an idiot on television or you don't make yourself look like an idiot on television. But, um, but no, I mean like in the process of, of getting ready for the show, I grilled some really wacky, crazy stuff. And I think it made me a better cook. I mean, my husband would come home with like a bag of wacky ingredients and he would play, you know, Ted Allen and, and he would say, all right, you have, um, canned eel, a peach, Cheerios, and um, you know, a mango. Now make an appetizer and go. You know, and so I actually did some stuff that I probably wouldn't have done normally. Uh, that actually turned out okay, and and so I kind of like stretched my wings a little bit as a, as a cook, I guess. So all right. So overall, it sounds like you know, while it wasn't 
incredibly comfortable. There was a lot of learning things and, and positive things that come out. Uh, and again, of course, uh, being on television doesn't hurt either. So, uh, you know, we can kind of take that and run with it. What's new on the website before I let you go, Rob? You know, um, just, you know, still blogging with, with Kingsford and, and Sears. And do, I'm going to be doing some videos for Sears. I'm going to do a tailgating video. So um, if you guys have any ideas you want to shoot over to me, I'm always looking for, for fun stuff. And I, I always like to include my readers' recipes, and I'm going to be doing a tailgating series again this fall. So if you guys have recipes that you want to contribute or even shoot over um, ideas or a photo, I, I love to feature what you guys are, are out there cooking. So, you know, it's not just me. I try to, like get everybody involved because we all have the same passion there it is all right uh, robin lindar is the creator of the grill girl blog you can find it at grillgirl.com robin thanks for coming out tonight kind of breaking down that chopped appearance always appreciate your time yeah you guys it's always fun have a great week all right and have a good night there she is robin lindar's grill girl chopped right off the bat look I have to agree with her. She's fighting a couple different stigmas. A, being the first person voted off, and then, you know, second. And she's, uh, you know, I don't I don't buy in near, well, I don't buy in personally, but I don't think there's as big a stigma as girls cooking against men anymore. I think that's really kind of gone the wayside, especially with, you know, the Melissa Cookstons of the world and, you know, a number of other, you know, the, the Leanne Whippins, a number of other pitmasters that have really made their mark. So I don't necessarily think that there's any type of man-woman stigma nearly as much as there would be, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. All right. Again, last week I showed you my newest timepiece from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. And everybody was like, hey, where do I get one? How do I get one? It's simple. You go to Steve's website, stephendefranco.com. You can find his banner on the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage, the bbqcentralshow.com. Click on it. Uh, find the watch you want. I have a, a both bowl of a makes. I have a Accutron, which is the highest level. And then I have a Precisionist, which is medium. They also make regular bowl of it if you want. And you peruse the website, find out which one you want exactly. And then you lob a call to Steve. Uh, 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve directly once he gets on the phone you say hey this is tim this is peter this is nancy steve i was just on your website i saw this watch blah 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 and it says it's x amount i'm a barbecue brother i listen to you or i listen to the barbecue central radio show every week i hear rempy talk about steven defranco what's the deal hook hook a brother or sister up and then he will reveal a price that is phenomenal not only that especially with the watches He's going to give you free engraving on it if you want. He'll wind it, batteries for life. Also, free gift wrapping. Maybe you're buying it for a wife or a husband or a same-sex lover. Hey, it's out there. Free shipping as well. So if you don't live here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city like I do, where you can go and talk to Steve every day, because he's a barbecue guy. We talk way more barbecue than we talk about watches. Well, that's starting to trend. Um... It's great. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful item. And, guys, it's really one of the only pieces that we can really wear that kind of snazzies us up a little bit. I don't even think that's a word. Snazzies us up, right? I don't know. There you go. StephenDeFranco.com, 943-2700, area code 440-440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. 
and then he will help you out from there. Longtime sponsor of the show as well, Stephen DeFranco, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. I will uh, wrap the second hour coming up, and then we will point to the second hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, here we go. Who would have thought this music? Three minutes from the top, pretty much. I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast. Uh, John Dawson emails the show. He probably hit it right on the head for me personally because you've heard me talk about it. You don't get chopped for the same reason. You don't understand how we foodies look at the challenge of the recipe possibilities in a grocery store. In other words, you ain't a foodies. Get that big stuff out of here. Look, I'm a foodies in the sense that I like to eat foodies. That sounds somewhat cannibalistic. I like to eat food. But exactly right, John. It would not enamor me one iota for me to open up a picnic, a picnic basket and see stuff in there that isn't already magically going to work together. Doesn't enthuse me. Not only does it not enthuse me, it doesn't necessarily enthuse me to watch other people be able to put those pieces together and then get judged by hoity snoity uh, punk faces like El Diablo and the other lady that's always on the Food Network. Where's Tishman? Where's Tushman at? Where's Tushman? But yes, you're right, John. Absolutely. I do not go into the grocery store and on one heart, I, or on one heart, on one side I see beets and then halfway down the aisle I see X sauce and then I see kale and go, three ingredients, I'm going to make a kale relish remoulade. I leave that for the bloggers. I leave that for Robin and I leave that for John. I leave that for Clint, all the other foodies out there, whatever. It's not me. No way I'm going to do it. But I will copy your recipes, foodies, if they're good. Absolutely. I think I used to have my mom on the show all the time. I don't have to create. I can cook it. I can follow a recipe. I'm not coming up with anything. Uh, Folks, have you heard this? Nothing in there. Nothing. Open for rental, if you know what I mean. All right, we are going to wrap up here the first hour. Thanks again to Robin Lindar's Grill Girl, grillgirl.com. Also, thanks to my uh, second segment guest, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, drbbq.com, at drbbq is Twitter handle. And uh, we'll go there. Uh, second takes coming up next, and then John Marcus at 1014, carrying me to the balance of the second hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. 
We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show of a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? He ate fifty four wieners. So listen, Laverne, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are in the second hour. 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show if you want to do it. If you just want to lay right out, listen to me talk about drivel, tomfoolery, and hoodwinkery, you're more than welcome to do that. If you don't follow me on uh, Twitter, you can do that at BBQ Central Show. You can also find me on the Facebooks. Uh, two different ways, personal page, uh, me, Greg Rempe, R-E-M-P-E, 1-G, G-R-E-G. Also, uh, BBQ Central Show, which is a fan page. You can like it. I think I have at recent tally seven likes. Get that big out of here. But I have like 5,000 friends on my personal Facebook page. I, I started it all wrong. It's gone awry ever since then. What can I tell you? Waiting for John Marcus to figure out exactly how I'm supposed to be connecting with him tonight because I, to be honest, I forgot. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, looks like it's going to be Skype. Good enough. All right. So let's recap. First, foremost, let me thank again my guests of the first hour, Ray Lampy and uh, Robin Lindars, for recapping their Chopped Grilling series. That just wrapped up this past Sunday, and it was uh, Ernest who won it. I don't know his last name. I'm forgetting his last name. I apologize, Ernest. But I did give him a mention when I was listening to Chad Ward's show. So if you missed a Chad show, he interviewed both Doug and Ernest in his show tonight. And we have two more. Uh, Cervantes. That's right. Uh, Cervantes. It reminds me of Cerveza. Absolutely. Muy bueno. Cervantes. Muy bueno el chapel del mundo. That's all the Spanish I know. So... If you missed Chad's show, go ahead and catch it on replay or podcast, whatever they call it over there at Block Talk Suck Radio, and listen to Doug. Uh, I heard Doug in full. I started to hear Ernest, and then I had to uh, do a little prep work for my show. So I'll have to go back and catch Ernest. But between our shows, four, uh, four, um, four people, there you go. Let's see here. Survey Tuesday question. Everybody weigh in. You folks and people that don't necessarily compete, like myself, but have opinions on competition barbecue, should competition barbecue, regardless of sanctioning body, be open to all kinds of fuels when it comes to cookers? Gas, electric, what have you. My answer, absolutely. Come on. I mean, you are there. It is the staunch old guard that is holding true to some fanciful, this is the way barbecue is done with wood BS. Look, 
if we're, I'm not going to take it all the way back to medieval days and say let's dig a pit and all that crap. But if you're not going to have something that has either not an automatic pit temperature control device snapped onto it or a pellet cooker because those have the thermostatic controls where you can actually set it at 200 or 225 or 250 or whatever the case may be. They're allowed in here, regardless of if you're burning you know, a wood byproduct being charcoal or wood pellets, wood. Why not let gas and electric cookers in? Now, you want to see the sport get even crazier, more popular, more entries, bigger purses. Don't we all want bigger purses? I'm not talking to carry your wallet and your lipstick. I'm talking about straight cash money. Open it up to people that got only gas cookers, only electric cookers. Let them come in. I mean, really, what's the difference? If you have a jambo pit and you're doing all wood, or happiest 60th birthday to Ben Lang, you have a Lang pit, all wood cooker, and you're feeding that fire, and then you have a guy that's got a guru or a pellet cooker on either side of you, I mean, what's the difference at that point? You're not pissed that they're able to get some Z's and you're up tending a fire? I mean... Come on, guys, KCBS, FBA, let's loosen it up a little bit. Bring in the gas, bring in the electric, for crying out loud. Question number two. Best way to clean your grill. My suggestion is this. The end of every cook, no matter what you're doing, turn all burners on high. Wait until all the white smoke goes away. Turn your grill off. Let it cool all the way back down. And then... Hit it with a brush. Then the next time you're going to use it, could be the next day, could be five hours from now, uh, preheat all burners on high, let it get all the way pegged out, and then while it's still very hot, hit it with that grill brush. Get it all off, and you're good to go. Best way to clean your grill. Um, I've started following Clean Grill after Derek Riches mentioned it on the show a couple weeks ago. He said that all manufacturers are discouraging that type of cleaning. And basically, it's like a heavy-duty aluminum foil that's going over the grill grate, so the heat's coming up. And then it's just being forced right back down over the top of whatever was stuck on your grill grates, carbonizing, uh, making it like a carbon ash, and you just you know quickly dust it away. I mean, the YouTube looks great on that. Absolutely. But I don't know if I necessarily want to listen to engineers from Charbroil, from Weber, and from... Oh, there was another one that I can't remember right off the top of my head. That say, absolutely, don't clean your grill like this. Don't use that product. Don't use any type of uh, idea like that because there's no way for the heat to escape. You're going to blow out the bottom of the grill, whatever the case may be. Catastrophic failure, things that I never want to hear come out of a person's mouth. Catastrophic failure. So I will not do it. I'll keep doing the way I'm doing it. Uh, Question number three. We're entering into the third week of professional football in the preseason. So your preseason picks on who will be at the Super Bowl this year with a huge positive draft class with terrific failure that has plagued them since re-entering 1999. I can only say with 100% assurity that this is the year the Cleveland Browns will make it to the Super Bowl and win. Absolutely. And if you don't think so, you're wrong. And if you're listing any other team, you're wrong. Fred Gross, absolutely. Yes! Of course. Of course. Next week on the show, the guy that told us about Clean Girl last month, Derek Riches, joins us about that com. Scott Roberts, our sauce and rub reviewer extraordinaire. 
We'll also review uh, probably two rubs and a sauce or two sauces and a rub, whatever the case may be. And uh, Sam, the cooking guy from the Sam Livecast, joins us as well. We're going to be talking to him about uh, fresh herbs. We're also going to be talking to him about vertical gardens. I don't know if you've uh, heard about this. He's got one in his backyard, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So uh, look forward to uh, Sam, the cooking guy, as well. I know a lot of you guys like him. Uh, Greg, kind of money I'm willing to put up on... Oh, here we go. Look, folks, if you think there's only one thing I bet on in life, and that's the horses. Too many injuries that can happen in the NFL for me to have my beloved Browns go down in flaming and spectacular fashion. That's what you have coming up. Uh, Best barbecue in the SEC. College football coming soon. Not necessarily here in Ohio because the Buckeyes are under large sanctions. Uh, But arguments about football are usually settled on the field despite over who has the best barbecue in the South. Destined to remain unsettled. Nothing gets it like SEC football. Uh, SEC weekend underway and that big slab of slow-cooked ribs slathered in sauce ranging from honey-sweet to eye-watering spicy or a piled high of heaping ready-to-eat pulled pork heat between two slices of white bread, which is how I eat it, by the way. Here are the top five barbecue spots to accompany your SEC game, if that's where you're at. Archibald and Woodrose is number five in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Never been there. Number four, Little Dewey, Starkville, Mississippi. Number three, Terrell's Barbecue, or it could be Terrell's. This is Gainesville, Florida. Ray, are you familiar with uh, Terrell's Barbecue? could drive by it a hundred times and never see it, evidently. Number two, Little Pig's Barbecue, Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina, as Rhett and Link say. And the number one SEC football barbecue destination could be one of the best names ever, Butt Hut, Athens, Georgia. Portions matter when it comes to good barbecue, and nobody heaps it higher than this place. Plus, Georgia barbecue is almost always accompanied by Brunswick stew, which I love. A flavorful mix of pork, corn, onion, celery, vinegar, barbecue, and hot sauce stewed for hours in a slow-cooking kettle. Let me tell you something, man. If you have not had Brunswick stew, you are missing out in life. You're doing yourself and your family a disservice. Ray will check it out and report back on, what's it, uh... Terrell's Barbecue, Gainesville, South Main Street Staple. Check it out. Report back. We'll have you back on next month for your review of Terrell's Barbecue. So if you're looking for a great SEC barbecue, those are your top five. What can I tell you? All right, we're going to come back with John Marcus here in just a second. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. But look, he's a longtime sponsor of the show. He's expressed interest in becoming possibly the third correspondent for the Around the Pit segment that I'm really looking to install. Help. It's Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, and he's always thinking of ways, you know, how to get more people in to the site, how to get more products sold, how to endear himself to the public. This is probably by far and away the best thing ever that I've heard in my life. Check out this new program that I've been talking about for the last three, four weeks, right? No other company in the barbecue world has vowed to make not only his customers happy, but the competition's customers happy as well. Have you bought an injection and it hasn't worked out for you? Have your scores dropped? Now it's just sitting around collecting dust, probably never to be used again. What to do? Here's what you do now. You trade it in pound for pound. All you have to do is go to butcherbbq.com. You click on that trade-in link. 
over the far top right of the navigation. You fill out the form, you print it off, you seal it up, you mail it to Dave. He'll send you back butcher barbecue beef or pork or prime injection. Look, we all do it. Let's be honest. Spend some money. You only find out the product is bad. Now the wife is pissed because you took her out for a night on the town. How many times have we done it? We've been in this situation. You spend that money to get a product. And when you realize it isn't that great, you're in this pickle. You won't use it again, but it's too expensive to just throw away. In the past, you were screwed. But not now with that new trade-in program for Butcher's Barbecue. Butcher's will match it pound for pound. You have nothing to lose, only great products to gain that have been time-tested by pitmasters across various sanctioning bodies. Who are we kidding here? KCBS, FBA, IBCA, NEBS, Great Lake Barbecue. Butcher's will honor any commercially made barbecue product along with its partial or complete label so you can't gimmick it up in your... uh, sandwich bags and send it off today if hoping you're going to get the great stuff in return. There's a limit to five pounds per item per household. All products will be weighed at the time of arrival. That amount is final. If you have any questions, contact Dave directly via ButcherBBQ.com. That's the website. ButcherBBQ.com. The trade-in program happening now at ButcherBBQ.com. It's just another way. If you don't already do it, it's just another way. Or your first way to trust Dave Bosco. And your butchers. Always trust your butcher. Butcherbbq.com. We're coming back with John Marcus right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 14 past the hour. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. My guest in the second hour tonight has been on the show a number of times. He's a keynote speaker, a documentary producer, an Emmy Award-winning TV producer. Also the head cook of Central Pork West. Let's go ahead and race over the hot rod. And welcome back, esteemed guest to the show, John Marcus. John, how are you tonight? Johnny. John. John, are you there? Let's try this again. John, I'm hanging up on John. Boom. Gone. And we're calling John back. John. John? All right. Now I got to do some quick. I got to do some quick thinking. You have your microphone plugged in, John? Oh, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. My audio settings are good. John, uh, instant message me a phone number if that's going to be better. I'm trying, you know, I follow John on the Twitter, and he's one of those, uh, I call him a gorilla Twitterer. Look at this picture of John, by the way. One of the best pictures ever. <laughs> Hilarity. 
I have the right? John, you there? No. John, uh, go ahead and uh, put in the instant message. Shoot me a phone number. I can call you. So you might not hear anything from John for like a week. Maybe two. Some people are on Twitter, man. That is their deal, right? Love Twitter, and it's all about Twitter. And they're going to be on there no matter what because it's all about, you know what, you know, get the brand out, promoting the brand, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see here. Let me go to John Marcus contact information. Ugh. Marcus. Marcus. All right, let me punch his number. Got to get John going. hope this is a cell phone. But I got to be honest, it doesn't look like a, like a New York phone number. Time will tell. Love this part when we have the terrible ringing. Hello. John, this is Greg. Greg, hi, how are you doing? You know, I spent some time this afternoon checking my mic Checking my Skype, checking my internet connection. I'm I'm good on all those. What's going on with us, my I friend? I have no idea what's happening. Look, who cares about that? This is what it's all about. It's about the internet and it's live show and we're both professionals, so somehow we'll muddle through the rest. But I, I gave you a brilliant introduction. I called you a keynote speaker, a documentary producer, an Emmy Award winning television producer. And most importantly, head cook of Central Pork West. And you graciously share your time here with this internet radio show, which I continue to have no idea why you do it. But nevertheless, uh, we are going to talk about barbecue pitmasters here in a bit, which is like main topic. No surprise to you. But look, let me first ask you about something that maybe a lot of people aren't really abreast of right now. No pun intended. And that is a documentary you made entitled The Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait. So if you could give us a little background about the film and what you were looking to accomplish by shooting it, I guess. Well, in September 2010, I've, I've alluded to it a little bit with you, and we also uh, I've twittered about it. Um, but in 2010, uh, I, uh, through the help of the USO, and uh, Senator Al Franken, from uh, the junior senator from the state of Minnesota, uh, I uh, was part of an expedition, really, of six pitmasters who traveled to Kuwait to feed our troops. It was about five years in the making, and um, it took a long time to really to get the USO to kind of understand what it is we wanted to attempt to do, which was serve authentic barbecue to these young men and women over there. And um, after a lot of planning and some misfires, we all went to Kuwait. And we went to two military bases there, Camp Uring and Camp Arafjan. And using some old hickory smoke, smokers donated by the old hickory company uh, out of Missouri, and rubs and sauces donated by Head Country in Ponca City, Oklahoma, we fed over 5,000 soldiers. Wow. I brought a film crew with me because um, I thought it might be an interesting experience, and it turns out we had enough to make a, make a film. 
and that's the 38-minute documentary that I finished uh, earlier this year. All right, so recently this film was accepted into the Tri-Media Film Festival in Fort Collins, Colorado, and it will actually have its premiere September 9th, which you'll be uh, on hand for. For those of us you know, not in the movie biz, how big of a deal is that for you and the movie itself to be in or accepted into a, you know, the Tri-Media Film Festival? Uh, you know, it's like you're really just kind of poking around in the dark when you're when you've made a film and you're getting it out there for people to look at and respond to. And one of the great phenomenons that has developed over the last five or ten years has been these independent film festivals, of which there are there are multitudes of them dotting the country. You know, and you can even get a program on the internet that helps you locate them and submit your films. The Tri-Media Film Festival is a really strong film festival in Colorado. It's been there for a while. It's kind of the Tribeca of the West. And um, it was the first festival we submitted the film to. And the film is in um, kind of a – it was in not final resolution. It was it was all in the lower grade resolution because it was a rough cut and we weren't spending a fortune on it. But uh, they liked what they saw and they called me a couple of weeks ago to say it was one of their favorite films, and uh, they asked me to come out early to be on a panel there. So we got a good reception from the board, uh, the uh, you know the voting board, and uh, it'll screen uh, as part of uh, the Sunday morning documentaries there, there in Colorado. John Mark is joining us here on the show, executive producer of uh, Barbecue Pitmasters, the television series also we're talking about. Uh, right now, the Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait, which is a documentary that has just recently been accepted in the Trimedia Film Festival in Fort Collins, Colorado, which will show September 9th. Uh, John, is is the payoff? And and again, I apologize for my complete and utter non knowledge or unknowledge of film festivals and like what the process for you as somebody who makes a film and then has to get it out. Is the payoff here that? a bigger studio or like a distribution thing is, is going to look to pick it up potentially for more public consumption or, or, or what's like, why do you get it in? There's, there's two things that you're looking for. One is what you just mentioned, which is a distributor or just a place for, for it to show. Like maybe uh, I'm interested in having PBS look at it or one of the cable premium cable channels look at it mm-hmm. because the truth is, the just the event of these six pitmasters going from America to feed military people has never happened before at this level and will never happen again, is my guess. Because of security reasons, the idea of six strangers feeding 5,000 people was looked upon as a great risk to the military because... Sure. If our chicken had gone bad or if we had been, you know, people with an agenda that was dark and, you know, problematic, we could have caused a lot of problems over there. So they kept a very close eye on us. So this is a once-in-a-lifetime event, and it was really, um, I don't know, I can't say anything short of amazing to be part of it. My goal is to screen it for people who potentially will say, you know what, I'd like to be part of this, and I'm looking to get some money out of people. And then if I if I give you money for it, so where does it go from here? 
it needs to have a, another pass at including more fin, more footage. In other words, I have like 25 hours of footage, yeah. and the film right now is 38 minutes long. <laughs> there are things in the film I want to enlarge upon, like the, that I want storytelling that I want to really make fuller. And uh, there's some great footage there that we didn't have time to really delve into. So I would, I'd like to turn this into a full 45-minute short or maybe 50-minute short, get it composed for, get real music on it. Right now there's what we call a scratch track, which is not a permanent track. It's not a licensed track. And, and get it like in the final polished stage for showing at a theater. John Marcus. It just takes money. Everything takes money. John Marcus joining us here on the show. All right, so, you know, that's a lot of who knows what's going to happen. You know, hopefully it shows well and, you know, all these things fall into place for you and you can ultimately do what you want. But here's a bigger question. Let's say on the other end, if we're playing devil's advocate, it, it doesn't go extremely well or it doesn't go the way that you're hoping for. But you have something that's 28, 30 minutes in some type of finished product. How can anybody see that? I have a lot of people in the instant chat room going, well, I would just like to see it the way it is, um, not necessarily finished or, or at some other level, but is there ever a point where people will be able to see it kind of how it sits now? Uh, there will be. Um, it's probably, we're going to probably create a five-minute trailer for it. They won't be able to see the whole thing. But um, just so the view, you know, the listeners know and the potential viewers of this know, um, I have spent my own dough on this, yeah. and I've done so really happily, but um, I'm in about knee-deep right now. Like, I can look down and see some bills as we speak. So I'll want to kind of – I want to have a return on this, obviously, because I'm, I'm into it. I'm a little bit pregnant, as they say. And I'll, I'm going to want some. I'm going to want some people to help me in raising the child. So viewers might get a chance to get a DVD of it, a reasonably priced DVD. I may put it up in that way. We don't know. It's like we have a lot of different possibilities. I definitely want to share this with barbecue people. They will love this film. Oh, absolutely, John Marcus joining us here on the show, executive producer of the Barbecue Pitmasters series, and uh, we're also talking about the kings of barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait. Um, so, you know, hopefully everything turns out the way you want it, John, but let's go ahead and transition a little bit here uh, to the big topic of tonight for a lot of the viewers here, which is Barbecue Pitmasters, the TV show. You know, first and foremost, something that maybe has, like, really never happened in the essence or the evolution or the genesis of Barbecue Pitmasters, which this show was actually picked up before it actually went off the air, which, to my knowledge, really hasn't happened before. Uh, was that, like, a revelation to you? Were you, were you very happy to hear that the, uh, the the network liked it so much they weren't going to wait for it to end and potentially be shopped out or you're going to have to go back and resell it again? Uh, they knew that this was something that they wanted and they're going to pick it up prior to the show actually wrapping. Uh, well, what it, the, the message that sent to me was that Barbecue Pitmasters has finally found its home. It's at a place, the Destination America Network, which is on Dish, on DirecTV, on Time Warner Cable. Uh, it has found a place where the executives there really appreciate the kind of audience it brings in, and they love the whole culinary process of barbecue, and they're invested in the show. They're really, uh, it's, it's the highest rated show on the network. 
So um, it felt like your vision and what you see America looking at at this degree, you know, what the numbers are getting, it's like it's validating. So it is a good feeling. So things leak out. People want confirmation on certain items. You know, I always do my best to try and reach out to you and see what the scoop is. You know, a few times you've gotten back to me with that phrase, you know, I don't have a deal in place yet. You know, is, is there is there always a po- – I never really thought anything about it until it came back the last time. So I'm like, hey, you know, is there a possibility that even though the show is picked up, that John Marcus might not have anything to do with the show for one season all of a sudden? Well, right now – I can solve all those, you know, any kind of, I can solve any kind of questions about that and say I am uh, an executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters and I am the uh, uh, executive barbecue consultant on the show. So uh, will there be a day when they decide we don't need this guy? I can't predict that. You know, one thing you learn about show business, we're all expendable. You know what I'm saying, Greg? Nobody can say, well, they can't do this without me. Um, well, on my show, I can say that. They can't do it without me. Well, and they is me. <laughs> it, it, well, well, Greg, here's the thing. It won't be called the Great Rempy Show anymore, you That's know? Right. It, could be, it could be somebody else. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying it's sort of like, you know, I brought this to them uh, with the help of Jay Peterson at Original Media. This was a show that was brought to the attention of TLC. Uh, I helped shape this. I created the concept of what the show is. But in reality, television, there is no true authorship. You know, it's like they can say, well, listen, this, this guy is this guy is basically consulting too much. We want to get rid of him. Or they can say, maybe we're, it's not in the budget to have this big poobah John Marcus hanging around anymore. Or John claims to know too much about barbecue. We know more than he. Who knows, you know? It's the way anybody you see on the show, anybody named on a show, it doesn't have to be there, and you'll still have a show. Expendable it is. Now, one of the other things that I heard a lot about was the initial output of interested applicants and that they must live in the state being showcased and cook that specific style of barbecue. So in this release, it was Texas, it was Tennessee, North Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, Georgia. And it seems that the deadline is actually like tomorrow, uh, August 22nd. So the question for me is why the change and like this uh, regional segregation, if you will, of the talent pool? Uh, you know, everyone outside of those states are going to be pissed that they're not even eligible to take place in the season, right? Um, here's the thing, Greg. One of the things I'm very accustomed to being the executive producer <laughs> and creator of the show is getting people pissed at me. This is an easy thing to do uh, when you tell people in 43 other states that you're not allowed. Okay, that's your way of looking at it. <laughs> And For everybody the last, else. Uh, there's been six, Greg, there's been six incarnations of barbecue pit Yes, masters. of course. You know? And, and, and in every one of those incarnations, it's been an open door. It's like anybody can get on the show. Now, I've got two words for you. Destination America. And what that's saying is we are going to a very specific part of America. And the executives... Uh, were very, very smart to say, you know what, wait a minute. We're showcasing parts of America. 
we can't just do general barbecue. Let's try to give it the character of that particular area. And I think that's a good move. And I like the fact that it makes it very specific about who can be on the show. Because if in success, if people, if people really support the show, there's going to be destination Maine. There's going to be New England. There's going to be the Midwest. There's going to be all these states where people will be able to come on. It's just going to take a little more time. So I'm sorry if people feel they're shut out. They can hate me like they did on season two, for God's sake. Well, I don't think anybody's going to be hating you like they did for uh, season two. I think we can all agree on that. That was uh, a one-off. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing, Greg. Is is I don't. If we were turning out War and Peace, <laughs> or if I was turning out another Cosby Show, no matter how happy it made people, they'd still bring up season two. Yeah. Well, look. I think we can we can both agree on that. And I mean, you know, look, uh, seasons seasons two. Happen to everybody. You know, it's not all, you know, season one, season three, just like, you know, every great show isn't on the Barbie Central radio show. I've come to learn that. Now, um, there, there definitely was, as we're kind of dovetailing off of that season two remark, there was definitely more positive outlook on season three's format. Um, season four looking like the same. Are there, t- I mean, aside from, you know, the obvious regional tweaks are there any tweaks coming down the pike that you're allowed to, to tell us about or are we just looking at same format just that particular deal with you have to live in the state you're cooking it well we're looking at well let's you know let's dispense with the whole thing that you mentioned already which is definitely done and that is we, we're going for people of the region right. we want to celebrate the region it's it's destination america we want to showcase what's good about that particular part of the country's barbecue and I, you know, and if you live in that part of the country, you're going to be happy about it. Sure. And just remember that wheel is going to eventually come around to your area. So I would say keep your powder dry. But other than that, what I can say is that the show will continue to celebrate what's good about competition barbecue. It's going to be authentic. We've got judges that really are pedigreed to the point like they're unquestionable in their, in their, you know, abilities and their talents and their judgment, and then we're going to have meats that reflect what, what barbecue really is supposed to be. And so the viewers can look forward to really more of the celebration of what makes us love this culinary sport. All right, John Marcus joining us here on the show, and uh, you can, of course, throw in your emails if you want to, and that would be greg at the BBQ com, or you can also call if you want to, 877 448 0433. Uh, John, go ahead and relax there just for three minutes while I talk quickly about a sponsor of the show, and then we'll pick up our Barbecue Pitmasters conversation. We're going to talk about Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins. Uses his years of catering and restaurant experience to really give you that insider's understanding on how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecue and those folks who want to open a business, drive and fly in from all over the world for the Institute's small, friendly, informative classes. Upcoming Barbecue 101 classes will include locations at Riverhead, New York, Dallas, and Houston, Texas. There's also a commercial barbecue class for those wanting to open up their own barbecue business, and that's coming up at the Gator Pit Factory in Houston using their approved commercial kitchens. Now, following a sold-out second annual barbecue at McKinley Springs Winery, Plans already in the works for 2013. The Barbecue Institute planning on adding a two-day Dutch oven class and a one-day butchering class 
on each side of the weekend. You can learn the differences between cooking with charcoal or gas or logs, wood pellets. They can all produce amazing results, yet require different routes to get there. Learn the practical secrets and the food science on the methods to get the best results from each heat source. Now, we're not teaching classes on the weekends. Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. Also founded OPBBQ.com in 2004, and he still barbecues for the troops and wounded warriors as well. Now, to make your next off-site event really memorable, give Conrad a call. Have a Barbecue Institute off-site party. It'll be off the chain. Show your employees you really care with that best barbecue that money can buy. They'll be talking about it for years to come, and your turnover will go down. We all know unhappy employees leave the company. They talk shit about you behind your back when they go to the competition. For details on all of the Barbecue Institute classes, visit bbqinstitute.com or check the Facebook page for the latest news and pictures. Again, that's bbqinstitute.com. bbqinstitute.com. We'll come back with more of John Marcus and Barbecue Pitmasters coming up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, 37 past the hour, talking with John Marcus about Barbecue Pitmasters. Also, we were initially talking about the Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait, which will be making its appearance September 9th at the Trimedia Film Festival in Fort Collins, Colorado. All right, uh, John, let me ask you this. And this is kind of a a loaded, open-ended question that could probably go anywhere. But if Barbecue Central was a TV network and I brought John Marcus in for a meeting and I said, John, no restrictions, no rules, money isn't an object, no conforming to what is bringing in TV ratings right now on any other network. I want John Marcus to make his barbecue TV show. What would it be like? Are you going to pay me what I'm getting on the other show? Money is no object. I'll double it. Less, lest that, I'll triple it. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If that were the case, I want Greg Rempe on the damn show. Hey, all right. I'm, I'm all about that. Okay. Agreed. That's the first thing we're doing. We're getting Greg Rempe on the show. We're going to put goodness. him in a booth, and we're going to have him doing color commentary while the show's going on. Sign me up. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to do. The second thing is, you know, I mean, I think people who watch season one got a real taste of uh, my own personal vision of what a barbecue show could be like. Season one certainly did that. But I also really like the idea that we have people you can root for in, in the last season, season three. So, I mean... I would be doing a combination of the two. I mean, certainly I like real contests and following the drama of getting to the contest and everything you got to do. But at the same time, I like people coming in and competing against each other and someone coming out ahead. So it's like I do a hybrid of the two shows. Um, but I would also, and, and I've talked to the network about this, I would also insist that the way we cook in competition barbecue not rely on tricks and not rely on repetitive methods, but be more challenging to the cook. Are you a fan of 
You know, the last two guests that I had in the first hour, Ray Lampy and Robin Lindars, were just on Chopped during the, the you know the grilling series that was just on. Uh, did you watch any of that? And like, what were your thoughts on that in relation? I mean, not barbecue per se, obviously, because very time constrained. But you know, were you did you see it? And like, were you happy with anything there? Well, listen, it's not my network, uh, and it's certainly you know I've had friends on Chopped, including Ray, and of course the great Nicole Davenport who um, almost made it but was defeated by Sam in that episode. Yep. And Nicole is one of the pitmasters that went to Kuwait to feed the soldiers. Um, I, the, the Food Network does its shows in its own style. And certainly if, you know, I, I don't work with the Food Network. <laughs> hey, Greg, how discreet should I be here? What do you want? What do you want me to do? Lay it out. I mean, do you want me to just kind of lay it out there Go for ahead. you? We're here. Well, I mean, let me put it to you. This, let me ask you this question. What, what do your listeners think about shop? Well, look, I think the... Well, I think I'm probably in the very small minority of the Chopped show, which is I don't like it, which is why I haven't necessarily been overly excited with, you know, season two of Barbecue Pitmasters and season three because it's it's a similar theme. I like everybody on it. I like the fact that barbecue is on television, but that type of show just doesn't resonate with me. And it could be because I'm simple minded. Uh, one of the bloggers that I have on uh, from time to time said, look, you know, you're the same guy that goes into the grocery store and just can't start picking out items. I'm, I'm a planned out guy. I'm not spontaneous. If somebody can give me a recipe, I will do it. I have no interest in opening up a pig and egg basket and seeing sardines and ass paste and orange soda, and now I have to concoct stuff. And like That just makes no sense to me, so I don't like it. But right. it's the most popular show on the network, so obviously it's resonating with somebody. Well, that, that's right. It, it's basically America loves a contest, and they love a game show. And Chop is a game show. It, it really has very little to do with actually in the workplace cooking or competition cooking. It's, it's as you said, it's really like you're going to Las Vegas and spinning the wheel. Right. Now, now that being said, skill is involved, obviously. Sure. And it was great to see someone like Dr. Barbecue, who I would I watched his show and I thought and the two shows he was on, and I thought, oh my lord, I had no clue Ray Lampy could ever cook that stuff, you know. Now, unfortunately, it turns out it was true with sardines. <laughs> and, and and God bless Ray, I love him, and I think he's like one. Of, he's a great TV personality. He's a great cook. But I was really impressed with the stuff he did get right. He never has showed me that. He's never said, come into my tent while I follow in with some Grand Marier in with actually a pork tenderloin. And I love that. I, that thought, I thought that was fantastic. And I will say that I think they really produce a, a good-looking show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them that. They really do. Um, but there's something I feel when I watch the Food Network is that they're talking down to me, the viewer. Do you know what I'm saying by that, yes. Greg? Yes. I've, that, I think the other thing that I, the other problem that I have with that show, and I thought I, it became incredibly more raw because there was a lot of people that I've actually know and that I've had on the show during the, the grilled portion, is that the judges seem to be 
somewhat condescending to them, and it's like somebody's insulting your friend in front of you. I don't think judging ever has to be like that, and they just come off so pompous. And so I know more than you. And meanwhile, none of them could start charcoals in a, in a, in a, in a charcoal chimney or with lighter fluid or whatever. I mean, who the, who the hell are they? Well, how do we know they're not coached to be that way, Greg? I, I, then we are, we are running amok in society with, peop, with yes men and talking heads and people only reading off of teleprompters. And it's sickening. Well... You and I are living in a culture where the Kardashians are famous. What well, do you want to do? I don't know. I like her boobs. They're very big, though. Got to be honest. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Uh, well, that should be another show we do then. Absolutely. I just want to say that the other thing, too, that happens on the Food Network, and I, on this show in particular, and I want the viewer, your listeners, and those people who view the show from your show, to really keep one thing in mind, and, and we do this a little bit as well, but what they really, really do with a heavy hand is they manipulate the viewer into not knowing who's going to win. So they will take the opinion of the judges and the performance of the cooks and the chefs, and they will actually mess with it so that you're off balance and you have no idea who the winner's going to be. Right. So that the comments of the judges are actually edited in such a way that they're back and forth so as to confuse you. This is just the way it is. This is television. I mean, you have, if you know that somebody's going to win 10 minutes into it, there's, I mean, if you, if you like the guy, you're probably going to stay because everybody likes an ass-kicking, but some, there's probably going to be a lot of people who are going to tune out. Exactly. And, and the one thing I can promise our viewers of the Pitmasters is, you know, we don't want you to guess who's going to win right away, but we don't want you to hear anything false. And no one does on Pitmasters. And the truth is, is like, it's barbecue. So it's going to be tender and look good or not look good or not be tender. And it's also going to have great flavor or not. And that's it. Because we're not doing all this kind of, we're not making coleslaw out of bok choy. And we're not taking, you know, we're not taking strawberry flavored cognac or whatever the hell it is and sprinkling it over, you know, pork tips. I mean, it's not going to be kind of confusing. It's barbecue. And that's what we love on the show. And that's what we celebrate. John Marcus joining me here on the show. All right, John. So has Destination America given you any inclination that they would like to sign some kind of multi-season deal versus going like a, a one by one? You know, to me, if they like the show, if it's doing record-setting numbers for them as a network, new, of course, but nevertheless record-breaking, doesn't it make obvious sense to to lock it up for three, four, five years down the road? Or three, four, five seasons down the road, I should say? Well, let me put it this way. It's called Destination America. It's not called the John Marcus Network. If you have the way they're going to do it, you know, which is like it's a fledgling network. It's given a highly limited budget to work on. Uh, let me let me tell you, listeners, something I don't I haven't told too many people, Go. which is that the budget on our show is so low. There was one location where I couldn't even get a ride in from the airport. Wow. So you're, you're... I'm, I, I swear, it's like, you know, 
you want to say, well, you know what? You're right. The camera guy is more important than me right now because we got to get the, the show in the can. And I, I understood it, but I'm telling you, we're working with it. You know, you want to you want to see the show chopped? Look at our budget. <laughs> yeah. So the literal shoestrings. But look, I mean, oh, I, 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 oh, I, it, go ahead. It, it, it really is, and I was warned about this in advance, and they did exactly what they promised to do, which is like we're really, really tight. And, you know, we used to have a saying back home about a guy, he was so tight, he squeezed a nickel in his pocket so hard the buffalo farted. <laughs> well, That's how tight the network is. So, like, aside from farting buffaloes in your pockets and shoestring yeah. budgets uh, at the very literal sense... Uh, you know, I like to fancy myself a businessman to a certain degree. It, it would seem that if you have a hit right off the top, you wouldn't want even a potential of somebody maybe stealing it away or potentially luring you away and at least getting you locked up for a couple, three seasons to make sure that you're able to grow it in, in the right way and in the purview of both in the best interest of John Marcus, Original Media, and uh, DAM. Well, Greg, I, I mean, all I can say to that is I hope the network is listening. All right, so good enough. Now, look, let me let me ask you a question. Uh, this is coming in from, I believe this is Ben Lang from, like, Lang Cookers. You ever heard of Lang Cookers, John? Uh, well, first of all, Lang Cookers has generously provided the cookers on our show. Oh, I'm wow. a huge fan of Lang Cookers, and of Ben Lang himself is a great guy. And he's been a partner with us for for years now, for like for like three seasons when you count this season. Uh, uh, I heard of Ben Lang. Yep. All right. So he's asking me to ask you this question. So your opinion on what you think the next big things for the industry of barbecue might be? And his suggestion was maybe a live talk show starring barbecue people, barbecue fans, uh, like barbecue people that barbecue fans would want to see with Quest MCs. So uh, I'm not sure. I think he started abbreviating there. I'm a little lost. But maybe like a, a barbecue talk show like The View. Um, basically, this show on television, I think, is exactly what he's asking for, John. What do you think? Big things in the industry. And then we'll talk about my fame and riches later. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm with Ben Lang. I would love to see a talk show devoted to the subject of barbecue. But the problem is our numbers may not be big enough to create, you know, the next CSI Miami. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a fascinating topic to me. But, I mean, listen, you know, there's that great show on BBC, you know, with with cars, which they brought to America. And I think Ben is right. Like, in the vein of that kind of a show, it's it's a really good thing. Like, for gearheads do for smoke brisket, like, you know, for, for all, all of us fascinating. The question is, where does this show go? And what happens on the topic of the show? Do we all talk about how we can lose weight? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if, you know, we're going to talk about smoking the meat, losing the weight, making dessert, do we inject or not, do we wrap or not? You know, I think, and who would the musical guest be? Um, of course, uh, anything country and uh, the the uh, moonshine bandits and uh, nice. uh, who is the other group that I have on my show? Oh, Three Years Hollow, the rock group, of course. So, I mean, I got all that worked out, no problem. But I think, you know, the assemblance 
of the barbecue view panel is really going to be key because, you know, more than barbecue pitmasters, the series itself, you know, personalities are really going to have to carry this show if it's going to be a success. Correct. Uh, It's true. And, you know, it's not enough. As what we always say to people auditioning for shows, it's not enough that you know how to cook it. You've got to really be able to talk about it on TV, to show your personality. And, uh, you know, that's what we're always digging for out there is people that really uh, are telegenic and come across great and are fun to watch, you know. You want to be able to sit at home and watch a show and think, gosh, I'd love to do what they're doing. Absolutely. John Marcus joining us here on the show. Uh, John, any idea when the new season is going to hit the air for us to watch? Well, you know, our first our first shoot is going to be in Denton, Texas, on September the first, and um, that's going to you know that's going to be our Texas locals who are going to be uh, guesting on the show, um, and there's going to there, we're talking about a very special guest commentator on the show right now, and I can't reveal the name, All right. but someone whose name means a huge amount to the world of barbecue. And uh, I'm thrilled that the network has, you know, seems fit to bring this person in. So we got a nice surprise coming in for the Texas shoot. Um, I think the show is going to probably air, you know, uh, maybe in the spring. But we have not been given air dates. All I know is we've been given dates that we got to do them. All right. So a uh, little ways out to any type of actual release. So we'll look forward to that. So everything sounds like it's on its way. Um, and, you know, look, it's, it's, I think you're right, John. In a lot of ways, uh, we continue on. If we have something that is more or less like season three, I think we, we continue down the right path and, and everybody gets to continue to see shows and, and barbecue on television. And I, I know that obviously that's something that you're really interested in. And uh, moreover than that, tonight, uh, you know, really good luck with the, the Kings of Barbecue Kuwait. And again, that's going to be September 9th at the Fort Collins, um, Colorado Trimedia Film Festival. So uh, let me know how that does. And, you know, if you ever want to come back on and, and talk about that or, or the progress of that specifically, I'd be more than happy to have you on. Listen, Greg, I appreciate it. And also, I want people to know I'm tweeting as BBQ Pitmasters. And uh, we just got past our 5,000 follower. Wow. And we'd love it. It's really fun. And. I, I talk about a lot of stuff on Twitter, and I try to be funny, and I try to be informative. Uh, but um, and when we get to six thousand, I'm going to give away another free hat. Wow, free hat for the six thousand followers! So uh, everybody is probably going to be joining and following you like <laughs> mad crazy. John Marcus is the executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters. Also, again, look for that Kings of Barbecue Barbecue Kuwait, which will be at the Tri Media Film Festival September 9th in Fort Collins, Colorado. John, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming out tonight. Greg, one day we're going to get the audio right on my end. No problem. I don't care as long as you come on. I'm good with it. All right. Anytime. It's my pleasure. Love the show. Thanks, Greg. Have a great night. There he is, John Marcus. All right. I got to figure out how the hell I'm going to get out on time now. Way in. Instant feedback on John Marcus. Gang, let me tell you quickly about the second longest running sponsor of the show. Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Now, look, I've talked to you on and on about unsavory business characters and people just looking to take your money from the Internet. Maybe you've been jammed up on the Internet. I don't know. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. A lot of people have. A lot of people don't like it. 
So now you're in this weird position. You want a barbecue item. It's not in your neighborhood. You don't know what to do. You look around, you see it on the Internet, and you're like, ah, crap, I don't want to do it. Put all those fears to rest. Go on over to TastyLakesBBQ.com and then peruse their inventory. And here's the greatest thing. Everything that you see on the website is in stock in their stores. Probably one of the largest inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. On top of that, you're going to get excellent service. If you call in on the phone, Fred or Toby or any one of the guys there are going to be able to help you out with all the questions that you have. They're going to be able to make sure that you're outfitted with exactly what you need. Hey, look, if it gets there and you still have questions about setup or maybe is it working right, they have help after the sale as well. That's key, right? So here's what you do. You go on over to Tasty Licks Barbecue. Tasty Licks BBQ Supply.com. That's Tasty Licks BBQ.com. And then you look at all of the items that they have, the charcoal, the wood chunks, the pellets, all of the different styles of grills and smokers because they're different. And then order from there. If you have any questions, go ahead and ask Fred. Fire it off an email. Give them a call, whatever. They're in Shillington, Pennsylvania. And from time to time, they bring in some of the top teams to do competition cooking classes. They have their own lines of rubs and sauces as well. It's really like this one-stop shop out in the middle of around Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We always call it tropical and beautiful because it's not uh, either, actually, from uh, all accounts. Nevertheless. So use what's winning out there on the competition circuit. Fred also carries a number of the sponsor's products here on this show in his store. So you're doing like this two-for-one. So head on over to the website, tastylicksbbq.com. That's tastylicksbbq.com. We will wrap this show quickly. Stick around. We'll do it right now. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Almost two minutes till the top. Uh, thanks again to John Marcus, uh, my second-hour guest, both at 1014 and then around 1035, carried two segments, and we hit quite a bit. Again, the uh, Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait, which has been entered into the Trimedia Film Festival September 9th in Fort Collins, Colorado. So I don't know if that's something that people like to go to or see or whatever. It sounds like in any event, it doesn't get the funding, which it sounds like has been well-received, and there's a, a good chance that he'll at least get some funds kicked his way to continue the, the vision that he has for the finished product. But if not, it sounds like we're going to be able to see it in some regard. Might be a little modest cost to that. Look, it's a great cost, and uh, from all accounts, according to John, great, short, 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 38 minutes, whatever, 28 minutes. Also, thanks to my first hour guest, Robin Lindars, grillgirl.com. That's G R R R L.com. Also, my first guest, uh, Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lamp, drbbq.com. Uh, next week, packed again as always. If you use raw cast iron, Season it each and every time. Help protect the rusty grill grate population. I always tell you about it. As it starts to cool back down after you brush it off into a little pan or a little Crisco, let it bake back in. You have rust-free grates for generations to come. Also, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.